Should your dynasty leagues have a trade deadline? All that and more in this episode of the Lot Don Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you buy a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use promo code LOTDON to get $20 off your order. That is jacemedical.com. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can check her out on Twitter at Kate Majuk. And welcoming back to the show is Matt Williamson <laughs> after a couple of weeks off. Matt, go follow Matt on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Matt, we could not be more excited to have you back on Locked on Dynasty. Yeah, pretty psyched. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I mean, Ryan and I started this podcast many, many moons ago when it was Dynasty Blueprint turned into the Locked on uh, family, which I was been a part of since the NFL uh, podcast began. And just I'm going to be kind of semi-retired in the, the Dynasty landscape. Just kind of pop in with you guys once a week and chat. So, we're gonna do a mailbag once a week, right? So everyone yeah. can kind of get used to sending us questions every Wednesday. Absolutely. So let's get right into them because we've got a lot of really good questions today. Uh, the first one comes from our friend Josh. He wants to know: Should dynasty leagues have a trade deadline, and if so, when should it be? Matt, why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay. Um, I'm a little old school in my approach, but I like to think outside the box, and I feel like the fantasy dynasty. And frankly, every league in the country have these trade deadlines, but I don't know why, to be honest with you. Like, does Major League Baseball really need a trade deadline? Does the NFL need a trade deadline? No. Does your local fantasy league with your college buddies need a trade deadline? Like, I don't quite, I've never been told the reason why that's such a great idea. And they bumped it back a little lately in the NFL and in a couple of my dynasty leagues as well. I'm like, why do we even have it at all? I don't quite understand it. Here's the thing about NFL trade deadlines and, and dynasty trade lines deadlines. It feels like nobody really wants any trade deadlines, but it feels like it's kind of this archaic thing that we just yeah. continue to carry on into the ether for the sake of tradition. But, you know, there are people that are of the mindset that, okay, so you have a contending roster, you know, let's say we're in championship week, there's a sudden injury you have to make a trade to save your season. There are some people that say that's not fair, but I, I do always want to point out the, the counterpoint to that. So when there is a, you know, a, a dynasty asset on a roster that isn't serving any purpose in the playoffs, this person has been knocked out of the postseason, and there is a, a, you know, perfectly good dynasty asset that can serve somebody in the immediate. That, person that is trading away that asset also gets to bump up the price tag a little bit that helps their journey mm -hmm. in building their future dynasty so yes there are people that can can make the move they can get a trade they can trade for a player at the last second with no trade trade deadline in place but it also makes the other teams that aren't in that postseason position better in the long run which i think is good for parity in all dynasty leagues 
And what I would say is for me, like having a trade deadline in your dynasty league, just de-incentivizes everybody else who's not in the playoffs to make moves. And that's not fun. Like if you're Mm -hmm. a bad team in your dynasty league, I want to have the option of like trying to flip a guy that might retire, or maybe we know his contract situation is going to affect where he's going to be next year. I think keeping, keeping your leagues without a trade deadline at least allows the bottom feeders to be able to make moves and to make uh, trades to help them eventually become relevant. So I've, I've always hated the dynasty trade deadline. I've, I've never understood it. I, I, frankly, I don't know why we ever have one. Yeah. hundred percent. So I, I'm a believer in any fantasy league. The more moves, the better. It just makes it more fun. Yes. It just reshuffles the deck. I mean, and more moves, the better, no matter what, as long as there's no collusion, of course, I think that goes without saying, but, you know, Marcus, looking behind you, you got all your Cowboys gear. Kate, we're going to get along just fine. I see a terrible towel over your shoulder. We'll be just fine. So it, Halloween was the trade deadline in the NFL this year. And there was like three guys on the Steelers roster. I'm sure there's a couple on the Cowboys or from outside your organiz- your favorite organization that you were interested in. Oh, but he's got a knee this week. We can't trade for him. Like, well, if we could, if the trade deadline didn't exist, I could put an offer in or, you know, get him in here. And even if he's on IR, like, I know we're not talking NFL here, but I just don't understand why we have to put deadlines on these things. It doesn't make sense to me. We're not talking NFL, but I mean, that is kind of the beauty of dynasty fantasy football yeah. is that it does mirror, you know, a, a lot of the practices that the best NFL organizations use to build their own quote unquote NFL dynasties. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick's empire wasn't built in a day. Marcus, your empire, it did crumble pretty quickly, but it that it wasn't I, built I, in I, a I day, do. right? Like none <laughs> of these empires were built in a day. And I think that that theme also applies to dynasty, which is why people love the game so much. It replicates the NFL experience and it gives you a real GM feel. And I do think that Abolish the trade deadline. So, all right. So here's the thing. So if you're going to have a trade deadline in Dynasty, is the best way to do it is just to close it off during your fantasy playoffs, which would be what, weeks 15, 16, 17 now, and then reopen it as soon as the season's over? Or is there just not a point of ever having one? I don't know whether there's a point of having one. I still have never gotten a great answer of why one exists, period. I mean it's for collusion right but if you're if you're worried about collusion in your league you're probably in the wrong league here's the thing also though like you can't collude i think i i understand you don't want to collude in dynasty right but because your rosters carry over year to year because uh you know your draft picks carry over year to year Colluding in Dynasty outside of you know maybe somebody uh, you know colluding for the the prize money or something, that's great. But you're screwing your team next year if you're mm-hmm. if you're taking yeah. part in the collusion. So like I actually think colluding in Dynasty overall, if you don't have a trade deadline, it's kind of hard because you don't have anybody that's actually you know unless you're planning to leave the league you have to suffer the consequences of whatever player you traded away, whatever draft picks you traded away. You don't get to wipe the the slate clean like you do in a redraft league. So I do think the whole point of collusion that it, it doesn't hold as much weight in dynasty, which again, I say abolish the trade deadline. Matt, I love any it. Final thoughts. 
No, just, I mean, let's say you have a powerhouse and it's week 16 and you lose your star player. And we're all in deep leagues where you're not just going to be able to pick somebody up. And, you know, yeah, you have somebody on your roster, but it's a noticeable step down. But you'd gladly trade your first round pick to a team out of it for whomever, somebody that's more than serviceable to keep you in the hunt. Why should we not let that happen? You know, I mean, like, I always think about my crappy pirates. I mean, at the trade deadline, they they dump all their big salary dudes to the Yankees and they get prospects and both teams are happy. Like if there was some awful trade in week 16 or 17, the league could still rebel and say, hey, I think that's collusion. Let's pull the trigger and you know, let's pull the plug on that. Oh, I'm glad you brought up a pirate. That's the one team that I think all three of us root for here. That sucks. It's absolutely. Oh, they're dead to me. They're I'm, yeah, I'm much older than you guys. I mean, they've been dead to me since like 1993. Yeah. yeah. I got to see one wild card game in my <laughs> life. It was, it was really, really fun. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some. Actual... Hey, that's almost as many uh, wild card well, games Kate, as you've seen. As Kate, I... that Kate, was Kate, Kate, Kate. Oh, I knew where that, that was going. Week. It was too, too <laughs> uh, All right. Let's talk about some actual players, uh, including. Drake London. We will get to him next. This next segment is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let it out, especially to someone who's unbiased uh, in your life. So today, I want to tell you how I'm feeling about something. You might even be thinking the same thing. I Listen, I don't get why Mike McCarthy is still the head coach at the Dallas Cowboys. I know this is not the biggest deal in the world, but it's really bothering me. Uh, the Cowboys are going nowhere with Mike McCarthy. I, I, I just needed to get that out. Uh, if you need to get something out, you should try therapy. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have much bigger problems than our favorite sports team or Mike McCarthy. Uh, but it's important to get things off of your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price picks is the most fun that I've had playing DFS because there's so many different players to choose from, so many different stats. It's it's absolutely incredible. Price picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return for the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockdownNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. And use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel all right next question another one from josh he wants to know 
if I have Drake London, which listen, I have plenty of Drake London in my dynasty league. Should I be selling him now when there's still hype around a new coaching staff coming in or should I stay the course? Okay. I'm going to let you go first. Just want to let you know right now, new batch of dynasty ADP on dynastyleaguefootball.com. Drake London wide receiver 24. Wide receiver 24. That feels like a very, very fair price. And like, just to be clear, I love Drake London. He was my wide receiver one in this draft class over the past two seasons. Also, like for as disastrous as his tenure has seemed with the Atlanta Falcons over the past two seasons among wide receivers with a combined 150 targets in that span, rigged 16th in PFF receiving grade, had the second most contested cart targets, uh, sorry, contested catches in that span, six most contested targets. I think we know why, uh, because the quarterback play has been abysmal. Um, ranked 21st in that cohort in terms of yards per route run, 14th highest target rate on routes run. Like, he's been involved. I think he's been nominally productive. I kind of want to buy Drake London, but let me tell you my biggest point of hesitancy. Looking at the list of potential head coaching candidates, uh, the the list of of people that the Atlanta Falcons are interviewing, Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator, Bengals offensive coordinator, I'll give them that, 49ers defensive coordinator, Panthers defensive coordinator, uh, Ravens assistant head coach and defensive line coach, former Patriots coach, defensive guru, Bill Belichick, Jim Harbaugh. They are seemingly leaning in the direction of a defensive minded head coach. Does that give you guys any sort of hesitancy at buying in? Cause I do think the price tag is very fair, especially considering the upside, the, the talent, the potential of what he can do with a quarterback that can throw an accurate ball. I, I think the potential is there to, to buy low on Drake London, but I look at that head coaching list and I'm a little bit worried. I agree with a lot of what you said. And I think the head coaching thing is a tremendous point that frankly, I hadn't thought of till now. I, and I think there's a really good chance Belichick ends up there. I mean, the, the impression I get is Atlanta is ready to make a splash. They're ready to spend money on a coach. They're ready to try to dominate that division. But Belichick wouldn't be ideal for Drake London. You know, that's for sure. I don't know. Harbaugh would be ideal for Drake London. A lot of those candidates you mentioned are going to be conservative-minded, run-first, win-with-defense types. But, Marcus, when you said he was wide receiver 24, and frankly, I didn't do my research before that, I almost fell out of my chair because I think he would be wide receiver 12 for me. I mean, I think he would be much, much higher can I, can I read you some Go. of the names you're going ahead of Yeah, right I'd love now? to hear them because yeah. I, I think I'd take all of them around before uh, him. Rashi him Rice. Rashi Rice at wide receiver 23. That seems low for him as well, but I prefer London. Okay. I love Rashi Rice, and yeah. I'm on the floor right now knowing that he is being drafted ahead of Drake London. It's Drake London for me. Okay. Yeah. Two Texans. And I'm sure I'm sure Rice is going the up the, the boards. Oh, I'm sure there's some oh. momentum going. Oh, yeah. Skyrocketing. It's, it's, it's yeah. gonna be hard to trade for Rashi Rice. Uh mm -hmm. two Texans receivers. Wide receiver 22, Nico Collins. Wide receiver 21, Tank Dell. London over all three of those guys, but I'm also frankly a little shocked all those are as low. I mean, I think they're all in great those Texan guys are in great situations. Kate. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Drake London here. 
there are some interesting names above those guys. You have Zay Flowers, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, DK Metcalf, TK, T Higgins, Jordan Addison is all the way up to wide receiver 16, Michael Pittman, wide receiver 15. Um, I agree with you, Matt. I, I want to get your thoughts on, do you think the best strategy would be to either trade for Drake London now? Because I, I just got a sneaky suspicion. As soon as Atlanta acquires another quarterback, like insert yeah. name, He's going to go up in value. Like I, I can't see any quarterback going to Atlanta and seeing Drake London's value drop. Hundred percent. Real quick, those five names you mentioned since bringing up the Texans receivers, I would take Rice, the Texans receivers, and London over all those dudes. You know, Metcalf, Higgins, etc. I mean, the age things much different. The upside's much different. And that, that's what I was going to say before is. We know he's going to get an uptick at the quarterback position. I mean, they're not going to trade for somebody worse than what they have. I'm not sure that's even possible. You know, so no matter what, going into the season, his quarterback situation is going to look better. I, I mean, coaches is a great point, but there will be optimism around the team no matter what, good, bad, ugly. So I think the the time is now. I mean, if you could turn DK Metcalf into Drake London in a third by chance, I mean, like, sign me up. I would 100% agree. And I, I do think on the flip side, so obviously everybody that's listening isn't going to be all in on Drake London. It seems like the consensus here uh, among this show here is that we're all in. But on the flip side, if you are looking at some of those red flags, the head coach situation, the you know presumed bounce back of Kyle Pitts and in that situation, like if there are factors that are holding you back from Drake London. I do think it would probably behoove you to wait uh, to trade him until they actually solidify the quarterback position. Because I do think if you sell now, you're probably selling low. I think there's a lot more momentum that you might be able to capitalize on if you wait until they actually have, or we presume they have an answer at quarterback. I'm just trying to think what would be like the best option or the best potential quarterback Atlanta could grab. Like, if they got Justin Fields, we saw how Justin Fields fed DJ Moore this year. I don't think there's any question that he can feed a number one receiver. Like, if Matt, if it's Justin Fields going to Atlanta for the number eight pick, I mean, I, I would think London would instantly jump back up inside the top 16 pretty easily, right? Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, what if they sign Kirk Cousins? I mean, exactly. that would be tremendous. My what God. If they, what if they're on the phone with the Bears and say, we'll give you the farm to go to one for Caleb Williams? You know, like... Frankly, I don't think Fields is going to cost you eight. I think you could get. I think he's more of a second-round pick type of deal. I mean, even if it was Jacoby Brissett and exactly. a second-round pick, it's yes. much better than that. Much better. Here's so the thing I, with the yeah, prospect that. Oh, sorry. For the prospect that Drake London is, right? So, like, I, I think based on size, based on his contested catch abilities, like, based on the guy Drake London is as a wide receiver, you need an average quarterback and suddenly yep. you're looking at drake london as a much different fantasy wide receiver so people forget he was the first receiver taken yes in a great receiver draft ahead of Olave, ahead of garrett wilson and you keep mentioning the contested catch stuff which he's great at but he's a much better separator and in and out of his breaks guy than most people his size that's why he went ahead of those dudes i mean he's a tremendous prospect so all three of us are in agreement. Go out and buy Drake London now before we get to free agency, before we get to the draft, because his price is only going to go up 
only 22 years old, and we've already seen him be a really productive NFL player. Go by Drake London. Let's talk a little bit about the dynasty landscape at tight end and a couple of guys right around that tight end 10 range when we return. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know that we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is terrifying. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than my son or my daughter getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, we're going to be okay because of Jace Medical. The Chase case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others, stuff that could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. On today's show, we are answering your mailbag questions. And our last one comes from a good friend, Lunch Bets. He wants to know, who would you rather have in your dynasty leagues right now? Jake Ferguson or David Njoku? And Matt, I want you to go first. But before we do that, right now, dynasty league football, David Njoku being drafted as tight end nine. Jake Ferguson actually slipped a little bit in this recent batch of ADP down to tight end 12. Who would you rather have? Clearly the Njoku, and a couple of reasons why. Is I think there's a fear that Njoku is just Joe Flacco's whoopee, you know, and that's a Mr. Mom reference for you old folks out there. Uh, but I think it's more of a Stefanski thing, you know, that they realize that this guy over the last couple of years, as tight ends often do, kind of came along slowly, but usually hit their stride around age 27. And that's his prime years are now. He used to flash. He used to flash a game here and there. Now it's much more consistent. He might be the best run after catch tight end in the league. I mean, he's certainly near the top in terms of production. So they feed him a lot as almost an extension of the run game, you know, throw him bubble screens and you go with it. He can stretch the field. Yes, there's some inconsistencies. He's not a real clean catcher of the football, but he's a first round tight end all day long with long arms, his movement skills, you know, suddenness. Ferguson's in a good situation. And Marcus, I should probably throw this to you, but I was a little prejudiced against Dalton Schultz as a Cowboys mm-hmm. tight end. I was a little prejudiced against Ferguson as a Cowboy tight end. Cause I just don't think they're super talented. I think that's more, they're in a great situation. I, I agree with you. I, in terms of talent, mm-hmm. I mean, Doku is like, 10 times better than Ferguson. Yeah, There's yeah. no doubt at all. I, I will say though, Dak Prescott has been one to, he loves feeding the tight ends, no matter who it's been, uh, whether it was Jason Witten back in 2016, 2017, <laughs> Blake Jarwin, uh, Dalton Schultz, and then now Jake Ferguson. We even saw in the playoff game, and I know it was a lot of garbage time, but he had 10 catches for 100 yards and three touchdowns in that game. One of the reasons that I think it's maybe closer than the talent suggests because Dak is a very good quarterback who, for the most part, has stayed healthy. And you just get to play a lot of 
good weather games where you don't have to worry about the conditions and the rain and the snow. I, I do think the consistency of Jake Ferguson week in and week out makes us a lot closer than it probably should be. Kate, what are your thoughts? I, I do think it is very close. And both of you guys hit it on the head. Like if this were a pure prospect, pure talent evaluation, it's David and Joku by a mile. But situationally and from like a stability standpoint, I'm going to give Jake Ferguson the nod here. And obviously he is a young tight end. We still, you know, have, I think, plenty of time to see what he can actually blossom into with uh, several years under his belt. Obviously, David Njoku is already there. But let's go back to David Njoku's splits this season because I know, Matt, you mentioned like being a product of Joe Flacco. We look at David Njoku. He had six games of 10 or more fantasy points this season. Only one of them came from Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Hmm. Uh, we saw him average 15.2 fantasy points per game with Joe Flacco, 5.2 fantasy points per game over a six-game sample size with Deshaun Watson. There was a, a big difference, and maybe Kevin Stefanski will come out of this tenure with Joe Flacco and say, like, look, we I, I don't care who's at quarterback. We need to feature David and Joku in this offense. And maybe that, you know, just forces a, a shift in the offense from that perspective, just from a desire to get the ball to one of your best players, like period. Um, and it should be to that point, like Kevin Stefanski should take that away uh, from what we've seen so far this season. But Marcus, you've mentioned the, you know, consistency of involvement in the tight end position with Dak Prescott under center. And I do think you are the Cowboys expert. Of course, uh, the conjecture is that Dak Prescott really, really likes Jake Ferguson. <laughs> and this game, uh, of course it was, it was some garbage time here in the wild card round, but seeing that kind of heavy target share, seeing that kind of production, seeing the usage in the red zone, that kind of gave me the nod that, okay, D Jake Ferguson has every bit of the same upside that David Njoku does, even if it's more volume and situational base it, for fantasy. I think Ferguson might offer a little bit more consistency. Mm. So Matt, for you, how big is the gap between David Njoku and Jake Ferguson? I probably have guys like Musgrave in between them, but oh. I, this is our first show together. So I have some blind spots in my dynasty life and certainly tight end can be one of them. The consistent chain mover, not real exciting guy, not highly drafted, not super athletic. I have a 20 year running joke that I collect hot young tight ends. You know I mean? I love the hot young tight ends. I can't have enough of them. They're always on my roster clogging them up and, so I always look, I, I shoot for the stars at that position. Sure. And certainly the cowboy prototype tight end is one of my blind spots. Uh, well, it seems like dynasty managers agree with you because in our most recent batch of ADP, here's our top three tight ends. Sam Laporta, 23 years old. Trey McBride, tight end two, 24 years old. Dalton Kincaid, tight end three, 24 years old. It seems like dynasty managers are just saying, Hey, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, we thank you for all of your service, but we're going with the uh, the young guys now. So it's a wild, wild tight end landscape. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every single day. Go check out the YouTube channel. We post videos every single day over there. Kate's been doing a fantastic job posting shorts. Check those out. 
Go download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Matt on Twitter, Twitter at Williamson NFL. We're so happy that he's back on the Locked On Dynasty show. Every single Wednesday, we're going to be doing mailbag, so please send your questions in. Go follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate Majuk. Go check out her work behind the steel curtain, Yahoo, and Pro Football Focus. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.